Hi there, I'm Eleanor and welcome to the Click and Go Travel Podcast. Each week we're covering a new destination across Sun, City, Cruise, USA, Worldwide and Camping Holidays. This week we're doing something completely different as we're joined by our Chief Marketing Officer to talk all things travel trends. In January, we released our Travel Barometer Report, where we analyse the ups and the downs, the increases and the decreases of everything from destination demand, hotel prices and availability and fl- flight fluctuations. We are always cognizant of what's going on in the industry, both in Ireland and further afield, and how the Irish holidaymakers react accordingly. So today, Stephen and I are joined by our Chief Marketing Officer, Peter. Peter has been in Click and Go in various roles since it started almost nine years ago. He loves data and having numbers to back up and reinforce decisions made in Click and Go. We'll be learning all about how the Irish holidaymaker has travelled in 2018 and what's hot and what's not for travel in 2019. As we'll be talking all about travel statistics, I thought we'd start things off on a lighter note. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Um, so to start off... Could you tell the listeners what exactly your role as Chief Marketing, Marketing Officer involves? <laughs> okay, start with the easy questions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, uh, so th- yeah, that's a contentious issue, all right, Chief, <laughs> Chief Marketing Officer, um, generally in business. But my role in Click and Go is primarily um, to work with the marketing team around um, user acquisition, demand generation, and um, with the IT team um, around the uh, roadmap um, for our website and also with the sales team um, in terms of um, developing the sales team in terms of process and people. So it's quite a broad remit. It's not just in one, one particular area. Very nice. And what's your favourite destination? <laughs> <laughs> My favourite destination? Yeah. Well, a re- couple of recent destinations that I've been to that have really been amazing. Um one was in Spain, uh, Granada. Uh, Very nice. A, yeah, um, amazing time there a couple of years ago. Um, and also Las Vegas. Um, Very nice. I went there a couple of years ago too. Also an amazing destination. But my favourite country is definitely Spain. Go da- down there pretty much every year. Very nice. Solid choices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, so 2018 was a mad year for the travel industry between the Beast and the East and the scorcher of a summer that we had. So how did that impact not just Click and Go, but the industry as a whole? Um, yes. Yeah, so in terms of uh, the beast from the east, we're at this point now in the year um, where we can kind of really measure the impact mm. uh, year in year. Because it was around the same time um, last year that that, uh, that we saw the beast from the east. And we actually saw some snow yesterday, yeah. Yeah. Um, which, you know, uh, reminded us of that <laughs> yeah, um, period. So if you look at the, the the start to March, we've had um, in terms just in terms of bookings and compared to last year, we see we're that we're about one hundred and twenty percent up. So you can see that it's a huge percentage to be up, and mm. it's more indicative of of the challenges that we saw last year around this time. Uh, summer definitely had uh, an impact uh, on bookings uh, across the industry. It was quite uh, detrimental. I mean, the best summer in Ireland in thirty to forty years. It's going to have an impact, um, and and not just that it was like the beast from the east was a few days. The summer was it seemed like a couple of months where mm. you had consistent um, good weather, um, so that definitely impacted our bookings. Um, but if you look at it, like the bookings was kind of the lag indicator. If you look at it, what was happening during um, the beast from the east, or generally during the summer, 
you see a reduction in phone calls. You see a reduction in people searching for you, your brand or what you sell. You see a reduction in people engaging on social. You see a reduction in people reading your emails. And from a marketing point of view, you really kind of have to react to that more in real time, especially, you know, when you're spending at a certain rate, expecting a certain return. Mm. And it just stops suddenly like the beast and bees or it stops gradually um, like the, the summer we had. So the industry definitely saw an impact. Um, we saw an impact. Overall, though, if you look at the CEO, CSO stats, interestingly, that um, still more people left Ireland during the, those the summer periods than uh, the previous year. Oh, really? But that's probably more indicative of the they already had type of holiday that they were going yeah. on. Yeah. So like they didn't need the sun. Mm. So it was more city related. OK. Mm. And I know as well, a few companies reported big losses and that was mostly down to the summer. Yeah, it was very challenging. Like we're we're lucky in terms of what we sell that we have no commitments. Mm. If you if you you know were in a position where you had significant commitment, and people weren't booking it, yeah, it would have been a very challenging time. Mm, I'd say so. And um, with holidays, sun holidays are our biggest seller, and despite the glo- global warming and the change in seasons here, there's still a growth in sun holidays. So could you talk us through? that bit yeah so this is kind of uh, a bit contradictory to what we've already said about it being a very challenging time but during that time we've seen growth so going on a sun holiday obviously has never been easier there's so many ways of booking a holiday um, and most people are comfortable DIYing themselves now you know mm. between the, the direct bookings on the airline sites or to the you know various accommodation websites and of course the rise in Airbnb you know, the growth of leisure travel, um, you know, is definitely only going to continue. So click and go operate, you know, within that um, competitive landscape. And it's highly competitive, getting more competitive. Um, and what we sell, you know, it's it's very hard to differentiate yourself. Um, and yet we are different, um, mm. but the user may may not know that. So as you guys know, we allow the user to pull in the, the accommodation and the, the, the flights and the transfers in a, in a dynamic way. So if we're growing within that market, but the industry as a whole is not growing, it means that we're taking market share away. And our t- main target market is those people who DIY. So to answer your question, how, how do we grow? It was mostly from taking market share. <laughs> um, I guess getting more people to be aware of what we do. Mm. And I suppose as well with the sun, the sun holidays, our one-year deposit p- plays a big the one year Factor deposit does, um, I suppose the impact from the one year deposit is mostly felt in Q1. So mm. the early part of the year when you are that 10 weeks out, um, you are just post Christmas and you don't have the money. Mm. Once you get closer to the summer period, you, you know, the one year deposit influence wanes as you're really looking for, you know, post summer bookings. Then, mm. So, yeah, the summer period um, and the one year wouldn't have been as, as, as heavily correlated. Mm. Very good. Um, and on some holidays, um, Spain, which would be a favourite in the Irish market and with yourself, uh, there was a decrease in Saloon Mallorca from our travel barometer. So why do you think there was such a decrease on those two? Well, the Mallorca case, is, I suppose, is a bit easier. Um, you know, 2017 was a record year uh, for uh, Mallorca and the hoteliers out there. So they perhaps got a bit greedy and increased yeah. their prices <laughs> into 2018, which made it as a whole look a bit less attractive as a destination. And then the government also introduced a tourist tax. So that, you know, increased the prices again um, and the overall cost of the holiday. And then there was a certain amount of negative press, uh, you may remember, from, you know, the um, um, anti-tourist pro- protests, protests over there and the environment. And, you know, mm. there was over-tourism and... 
it all kind of, you know, came together and made Mallorca as a destination a bit less attractive and a bit more expensive. Mm. Uh, Saludo is, you know, didn't have any um, obvious reason for the re uh, reduction in numbers. And I think that's more of a, an impact just from the general market. Just a demand and, yeah, thing. And the summer that we had. Very good. And also in the barometer, the price of sun holidays increased by 52 euro overall. And Stephen's fave, Kustasi, <laughs> saw the largest increase of almost 101 per person. So is Turkey making a, a comeback this year or the trend will continue this year? It will. Stephen has his way about I it. I think so. No, I'd have to agree with Stephen on this one. I think Turkey is definitely making a comeback. There's mm. no doubt about that. Um, you know, it's, it, it's uh, seen as better value maybe than the old reliables of, of Spain um, and Portugal. Um, and definitely the uh, hoteliers over there are very vested in, in kind of, you know, making it more attractive uh, to bring back holidaymakers. Um, Kusadasi has always been the biggest uh, Turkish destination for the Irish with a large volume of uh, holiday homes and apartments. Yeah. They obviously bought uh, over there in the boom times. So now with the holiday uh, makers again looking to Turkey as a, as a destination what you're seeing is the airline prices increasing mm. because you know those planes are getting fuller so you're seeing an impact there um, and that's that would account for you know, about 50 euro of mm. the increase that we're seeing the other 50 then is, is due really from the type of accommodation that's being booked and we're seeing a significant increase in all inclusive holidays yeah. being booked to Turkey um, so that kind of combines makes it makes it more expensive proposition mm. but still if you're comparing to Spain and Portugal. Yeah, I think what you have to remember with Turkey as well is, um, you know, maybe 10 years ago, there used to be, you know, companies used to have um, 20 flights a week. So the tour op some tour right. operators yeah. used to have 20 flights each a week, and that'd be Dublin, Cork, Shannon, Belfast. Um, and that's now decreased to a couple of flights yeah. a week. Yeah. That volume of people that haven't travelled there for, for maybe seven, eight, nine years, yeah. they're still out there. Mm. They will be looking forward to going back to Turkey. So I think that's where that comes in is that, you know, the, the, they're starting to come back. The airlines realise that. That's why the extra 50, 60 quid has gone onto the, yeah. onto the flight prices. Mm. Yeah. Until the volume comes back, that 50, 60 euro per person increase ain't going to go anywhere. As soon as the volume starts to come back, and we've, see, we've seen a little bit, I mean, Ryanair now going into Bodrum. Mm -hmm. um, that's going to help the volume for that area as well. But as soon as all those flights start coming back on, you might you might see yeah, Kusadasi starting to decrease. But it yeah. was very interesting to see all the all inclusive bookings coming in as well. Yeah. Because it's so it's so cheap to eat out yeah. down in yeah. Turkey that uh, you wouldn't necessarily think that all inclusive we would be that popular. Yeah. But yeah. it really is. It's because the standard of food and the standard of hotels that those all inclusive are in and the value. Yeah. That, that's yeah. why there's so many bookings for there. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So it's definitely making a comeback. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Um and city breaks are other main holiday type from the barometer. Um it's an offering that we put a lot of work into in 2018 and there is an increase of 7%. So could you have talks through that a little bit? And it's small but substantial increase. Yeah, we've seen good growth in our city business last year um, and I have to say significant growth into uh, 2019. And the answer to the growth uh, is, is simple, really. Um, we've cut out as many third parties as possible from the customer journey and pass the savings savings that we would have made on those third um, parties directly onto the cu customer. So what does this mean? So let's say um, you start researching uh, for a, a city break and you go on to an affiliate site or you go on to blogs and we have advertising there or um, an affiliate is passing you onto our site. So we're paying commission and advertising fees 
so what we've done is we've kind of we've pulled back um, on that strategy and we've um, pushed those savings directly to the consumer. So we're trying to get the user directly uh, to clickandgo.com to search. And when they are doing that now, they're seeing a much more uh, competitive proposition. Um, and we're seeing, you know, big increases in, in, in our conversion rates for the city product, big increases in the passengers traveling with us. Very nice. And one of my favorite holidays from last year was Disneyland Paris, which I worked. I booked through Click and Go. Um, and I had Where else would you book it down there? Uh, this is it. <laughs> Best value for Disneyland. Um, and I had a huge increase, 66%, um, which is double the next city. So what do you think drove that? I think the biggest reason for that, yeah, was, was the, the 25th anniversary yeah. of Disney last year. And there was a huge amount of brand advertising put in by mm. Disney themselves. And there was huge incentives put in um, to get people over there. Um, and the proposition as a, as, as a whole um, was just, you know, more visible maybe than uh, than normal. Um, so, yeah, and it was obviously as part of the, the anniversary, there was a lot of events organized. Mm. Um, and we're seeing it into 2019 as well. They were seeing Disney continue um, to, to really outperform other cities. And it's, it's just an overall increase in awareness on the consumer um, on the back of what happened last year, you know, Disney seemed to be everywhere and we're mm. seeing it again this year. And the, the offers Disney themselves are coming out with, you know, are making it very attractive. So I think, you know, the trend that started last year, so I think Disney saw there was something in that and they said, OK, we're going to continue that. So I'd expect it to be our top seller city this year. Um, and for the foreseeable future, I don't see that trend changing. Yeah, and especially with their Lion King season this summer. I'd nearly go back again. Would you go back? 100%. Why <laughs> you have booked already? If I could go back tomorrow, I totally would. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're now we're in March, so Q1 is almost over. What it trends is, yeah. are you seeing for Sun and City holidays for the rest of the year? Or what do you think are the untapped opportunities for the holidaymakers? So, as you know, we look at uh, the world in two ways. Uh, when customers book and when customers travel. So... Uh, we start looking at 2019 travel, seriously anyway, from around September um, from last year, 2018, for travel in 2019. So if we uh, go into 2019, we're some, some seeing some very interesting trends. So our city and cruise product uh, were performing very well. City was running at plus 81% and cruise plus very 21% in terms of passengers booked to travel. Um, sun was holding its own, wasn't doing anything special. Mm. I think people had had enough sun <laughs> in 2018, so that wasn't... Um, just need you know, a few miserable weeks just, now. Yeah, it was, it was kind of just um, trending uh, similar to the previous year, but nothing special. Um, and as we enter the final few weeks of Q1, uh, we're seeing city breaks continue to do very well. Uh, sun is starting to perform yeah. again. We're seeing, and we've had feedback specifically on the Algarve that, you know, it hasn't been a great start to the mm. year. We're starting to see the last couple of weeks, the sun st- starting to kick in. Um but and you know where that's happening, we're seeing Mallorca um, performing quite well, Tenerife, Malta. I mean, this, the two big ones still for us are Lanzarote and the, the Algarve. Algarve. So we're starting to see you know better offers come in from the hoteliers. Yeah, that's important, isn't it? I mean, we've had a couple of our main hotels that we deal with, the Estrella de Vau, yeah. giving us an extension of a of an offer, which is great for us. Yeah, it, it, you know, particularly for such a popular property and gives us big numbers. Mm. It's great to get to, to be working closely with them. Like we had a good chat with them at the, the Holiday World show and we said, look, you know, we work well together. We've always worked well together. Help us out here. And 
are really getting on very well with them and it's helping them by, by extending the, the offer for her, you know. But mm. they won't stand, extend it again, I don't think. No, yeah. it feels like it's been extended every few <laughs> it, weeks. It, it, well, yeah, yeah, it has. I guess if you're thinking of booking a summer holiday this year, you're at the point where you're thinking, you know, what's the likelihood of a repeat summer mm. like last year, you know, versus booking now? So yeah, hard to know. If you're a betting person, you know, yeah, no. test your metal now at this stage. <laughs> Last year was the hottest in 30 years. It'll probably be another 30 years before we have something similar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the cities, you know, Paris Disneyland, as we said, is performing mm. um, very well. Um, some of the other cities that we're seeing maybe uh, wouldn't be as, as well visited is uh, Vienna, um, Lisbon, Krakow, Budapest. Yeah. Lovely cities. Yeah, they're all doing uh, very well for this yeah. year. But city overall, you know, because the consumer is getting that price, you know, direct to them now, mm. you know, it's performing, continues to perform very strongly for us. Very good. And tell us, what what percentage of our clients will be uh, repeat versus new? Okay, now that's an interesting question because it's, it's, it all depends on how you define repeat, okay? So um, are you talking about those that booked this year and booked last year or those that booked this year and booked within the last two years or those that booked this year and booked with us sometime in, in, in you know in the last six complex. or seven years <laughs> no so it, it, but it's a contentious question you know yeah. what is your repeat rate and it's a common question um, so let's say we look at absolute returning customers so mm. somebody who's booked with us this year and has booked with us in the past okay um, so year to date we'd, we'd see a repeat rate of 44% of our overall volume which is very very high yeah. okay mm. um and it's interestingly, it's actually higher for adults than it would be for family. Not a significant difference now, but it is. So the, it's in, families generally, I think, tend to be a bit less loyal. And maybe it's because they're more price focused yeah. and mm. they will go with yeah. what, wherever they perceive the best that's deal the best to deal. be, whether that's DIY or with a, you know, um, a particular brand. Uh, so and we also do see then a variance at a destination level in yeah. terms of uh, repeat versus returning users. So for Lanzarote, for example, we'd see a significantly higher uh, returning um, percentage, you know, towards 50%. Um, and, you know, that would be significant with the volume we do on Lanzarote, yeah, 50% yeah. returning would mm. be significant. And it's, you know, it helps a company like Click & Go in terms of knowing that that is there at the start of the year. Um, we also generally see a higher repeat rate on Sun versus City. Um, and maybe, you know, this is due partly probably because City is seen as more of a commodity, um, then soon you're spending a lot less. Yeah. Mm. There's a lot less at risk if something goes wrong. wrong. So you're willing to be a bit more, um, you know, um, price driven, perhaps. Yeah. Um, then you're looking at the, the lifetime value. We see that cruise customers uh, would have a higher lifetime value for click and go. Uh, not because they have a higher purchase frequency, <laughs> but because, you know, the it's more related to the average booking value. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So cruise on average would be higher, uh, but the, the purchase frequency would be higher on Sun. The lifetime value of the, of a cruise customer is higher to us than it would be for Sun or City. What are the mm. challenges for us keeping our return clients, and and what are the challenges then attracting new clients? So the keeping the uh, repeat customers, uh, or at least doing your your best to keep them, is, is in my opinion anyway relatively straightforward. So you give them a great booking experience, uh, competitive pricing. You ensure that all the post-booking uh, questions or issues or you know changes are dealt with quickly and professionally. 
and then ensure you have their permission to talk to them once they've come back from holiday (laughs) so you can keep on their radar. And with GDPR coming in last year, that's more important than ever. Like if 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 a customer has been booking with you for three or four years, you know, they're high up on their on their radar. If they have booked up to you once and you're not communicating with them, it it makes it very difficult uh, to bring them back. And you're going to do it through advertising, which makes, you know, the whole proposition more expensive. Um, Attracting new customers is much more of a challenge. Um, and obviously more expensive uh, with new customers. You no, know, you won't click and go won't grow unless we have uh, new customers. Um, being top of mind is the goal. You know, when somebody starts yeah. their research, you know, we want click and go uh, to be there. So the challenge for us is how do you find new customer prospects? How do you reach out to people um, that are looking for a holiday? And there's various challenge, challenge, uh, digital challenge, challenge that, uh, that are there. Um, paid search and Google probably being um, the biggest one. Um, so without going into the details, <laughs> obviously I'm Too not going much. to here give, give away all of our data. <laughs> um, you know, the it's very hard, as I said earlier, to differentiate your brand to, to consumers across all the different advertising media. Um, and to be honest, the consumer doesn't much care. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't care really or appreciate your differentiation. So the challenge for us is how we're distinctive. How do we kind of get into the um, user's mind? and get them to notice us through advertising. And generally brands that do that very well, you know, tend to, you know, break through that kind of sea of sameness and, um, you know, see the impact in sales. You know, I'm going to get a bit technical here now. But <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> That's why you're here. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard of the, the negative binomial distribution uh, graph, which is basically all brands have that. So essentially that means like, you know, the majority of your customers in any one year will in fact be new customers. Um, And unless you're attracting new customers, the brand is not going to grow. And all brands are the same. It doesn't doesn't matter how big or small you are from Coke, you know, to um, a brand that's been around a couple of years. So if you're not attracting new customers, you're not growing. Now, how do you attract new customers? It's very hard to differentiate. So for us, the, the strategy is really to be distinctive and uh, to be distinctive when a user first engages with the brand and try to be distinctive, you know, through that journey. I'm not going to tell you what that translates <laughs> as, but, you know, that, that's, that's what we're trying to do. Another one in terms of the new users and growth is something, I suppose that might be termed as brand adjacency. And this is essentially doing what we do. You know, we do what we do very well, but doing it mm. in different ways. For example, with Holidays Wear Lingus. Yeah. You know, that's another route to market for us, Fly Shannon. Yeah. You know, so taking opportunities like that, Poland, again, where we would do what we do, just do it in different markets to different audiences, mm. you know, um, in different ways. Um, and that's another great way for us to attract new customers, yeah. maybe not directly sometimes to the brand, but indirectly. And does um, customer loyalty, will that affect booking trends? Customer loyalty, yes, it does. Uh, affect booking trends um, you know as I've alluded to there uh, you'll get a certain amount you know guaranteed to come back yeah. and, and we're kind of old enough now to put a number on that with reasonable accuracy um, but what it doesn't allow us to do is grow you yeah. know? and the loyalty will be like if as I said there it's 44% if you're going back you know to the start if you look at the last uh, let's say who booked with us this year and who've booked with us within the last two or three years that number drops to low 20s okay so every year you're kind of, you know, you're starting at, you know, a base of low 20s. But in order to grow, you have to make up that significant, you know, 70 plus yeah. gap. Mm. So loyalty is important, but it's it's not uh, going to make you grow. Um, just sort of getting into the 
more into the inside of Click and Go as in the staff. Um, are there any trends regarding staff, the staff in Click and Go, that can impact on bookings? Like, you know, sort of the age of the staff, you know, the younger or the older or the more experienced or nationalities. Are there, are there any trends that can affect the workings of Click and Go? In a positive way, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what the breakdown of nationalities is. Uh, I know we have a significant amount of nationalities across. 13 or 14. 12 at Christmas, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I know it's changing all the time, but it's a significant amount of different nationalities. But no, from a sales and support point of view, you know, those functions that have probably the most direct contact uh, with the customer. Travel experience is obviously, you know, still very important. Um, but travel experience in and itself is, is not enough, I don't think, anymore. It needs to be supported by a very strong focus on the customer experience um, and excellent communication skills. Yeah. You know, um, it is so important now that you're able to talk to the customer and listen to the customer and understand mm -hmm. what they're saying. From a marketing point of view, you know, the world has changed. It has fragmented in so many ways. Um, and in terms of getting your message in front of the right audience requires more and more specialized skills. Um, you know, you can look back five years, you know, that's a significant amount of time in, in the marketing world, even a couple of years now. Mm -hmm. Um, so everything from paid search and Google, social, Facebook, Instagram, content marketing. Yes, yes. <laughs> Tell what they all about. <laughs> um, so that's very, that's, you know, that's, that has an influence. And getting the right people in, in the right positions has a very positive influence. Yeah. And the other, other kind of element in the room is data, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, knowing what data you have in the business um, is, is a challenge in itself sometimes. Mm. Um, bringing all that data into one uh, one place um, so you can kind of access it and, and, and start to build stories across the business with the data you have yeah. is very important. And getting the right people with the right data skills, you know, we're competing against, you know, nearly every vertical when it comes to that kind of area. So yeah. it is difficult to get the right people. Um, and as I said, you're not, you're competing with you know, every vertical, not just travel. So the skills are changing, I'd say, within our business over time. Um, but the focus on the customer is, is, is higher than ever. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, even talking about the, the sales team, um, the dynamics of the sales team have changed fairly significantly over the last few years. Yeah. Um, but the trends for bookings have gone up. Now, mm -hmm. what I mean by that is when I joined, it was a hugely experienced you know, 20, 30 years, some people in, in travel. 40 years in Alan's case. Yeah. <laughs> you know anybody with 40 years experience? <laughs> <haven't you? laughs> so, so like that, that was the team then. And we've seen a, a shift to the more younger, yeah. dynamic. Not yeah. saying that us experienced all these aren't <laughs> dynamic. Um, but the, the, there's, a, there's a hunger about the new guys yeah. and their willingness, willingness to learn. Mm. and gain experience and yeah. suck the life out of out, out of the out audience. of all of us you know yeah. by, and listening to how how we used to sell and yeah. all their experience um how has that worked within well, i think company? i think at the core the, the new people are talking about there at the core they have a love of travel yeah coming in that's one of the prerequisites we kind of look for all our sales manager she uh yeah looks for people who have that kind of interest in travel um you know primarily doesn't necessarily have to have worked in travel but has that kind of interest and has traveled you know to some degree themselves um but it's that additional focus you know of the the customer experience um within roles they may have done in totally different verticals yeah and the communication skills as well you know being able to talk and listen uh, to the customer i think they are more relevant than ever so it is a changing and it, 
I think, you know, we're at the kind of period now where you really have to start hiring younger people into the travel business because mm. there just aren't the people out there anymore. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think what, what we've done over the last years has been fairly groundbreaking. Like it's, you know, it, for years and years and years in travel, it was always how much experience we got, how much experience we got. And it certainly opened my eyes when the, when the, the new guys started. Yeah. Um, how quick they yeah. took to it, yeah. how well they took to it. As you said, how, how much they love travel yeah. and how that, you know, it, it really didn't matter whether I'm answering a call with 25 years experience or Kev sitting beside me had, had three months experience. Yeah. The, you know, the training that the guys got, they were able to slip straight in mm. and start pretty much, you know, and selling as many holidays as, as anyone. Yeah, yeah. And it was great. It was great to be part of. Yeah, and, and it's, it's a trend that's going to continue. We're yeah. you know, probably going to continue to bring non-travel people into the travel business with different skill sets, you know, in different backgrounds. Yeah. But I think that's, you know, it just adds to the proposition from, you know, people calling Click and Go and talking to people, you know, who have an interest in travel. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, you know, have that kind of experience and, and the knowledge then that we give them at their fingertips nearly while they're talking to people, you know. Yeah, so it all adds up to, to a great experience for the for the customer. Okay, so just I mean regarding marketing trends, uh, what has changed over the last few years, Peter, and how do you see them going forward? Yeah, I think the the biggest uh, change that we're seeing uh, in our uh, industry and across different industries is is mobile, um, and it really is uh, a disruptor in terms of um, how it changes consumer behaviour. So more and more people are obviously starting their journey on mobile uh, and more and more are ending their journey on mobile. So for click and go, uh, we're seeing 65% of users uh, that come to clickandgo.com are coming from mobile. And that percentage is growing every year. Uh, tablet growth has pretty much uh, flattened out and, and it's maybe mm. even declining a bit over the last couple of years. For us, it's around uh, 12%. So the, 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 the challenge for us with uh, the growth of mobile is really stitching together the user journey. So you start your user journey on mobile, you start researching for a holiday, um, and then you might go to a different device uh, on desktop or the phone. So uh, for us, uh, you know, when we're working with the IT team and and the the software development uh, kind of roadmap and looking at the website, we have a mobile first mindset. We we look at whatever solution, um, our new functionality, we look at mobile first and what it looks like. And then we we kind of look at what does that look like on, on desktop. Um, it also has a huge impact on marketing then, you know, in terms of mobile. So you're yeah. marketing to users on a mobile, which is a very small screen. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, <coughs> I suppose the biggest opportunity on, on mobile for us is through social um, and, and Facebook for us. We've seen a considerable increase this year in the number of users that we're getting from Facebook through social and that's really, you know, back to what I alluded to earlier in terms of the, the brand strategy and being distinctive. Um, and, and it's also, in fairness, um, related to us putting more focus on it and, and putting more resources into it um, on a day-to-day basis. Um, so in terms of digital then, yeah, demand generation, I don't think uh, a lot of businesses have really sussed out um, how to deal with mobile. Yeah, I think from a holiday point of view, even click and go is challenged. Like one of the questions we're asked uh, reasonably regularly is, do you have an app? Um, no, mm. we don't have an app. More probably to do with the frequency of usage of your average customer is, you know, it's going to be quite uh, low frequency on a yearly basis. 
but in terms of content and content development, you know, <laughs> some, I'm looking at Eleanor here. Yeah. <laughs> Something like an app might be kind of, you know, a higher frequency usage. Mm. Um, but yeah, in terms of the marketing trends for us, uh, mobile is the biggest dis- disruptor by far and it impacts all businesses or, and, and, and across all, sorry, functions across Click and Go. And on, on the same sort of line of things, um, the trends regarding online and offline, how, where's, where's that going? Yeah, that's another contentious question. <laughs> Sorry for all these contentious questions. Especially, Internally online versus offline. Depends on who you talk to. Um, offline is, you know, um, which is the phone. Uh, we're seeing um, you know, this year that the the offline business is growing very well. I mean, online is growing too. It's growing at about 10%, but offline is growing um, this year 24%. So we put a lot of focus last year on... Um, you know, looking at our the whole phone uh, sales department, um, you know, putting a focus on, on the communication side of it, asking the right questions, you know, calling out the benefits of users booking with Click and Go. Uh, but the challenge is you can't scale it. Uh, you can scale the phone piece to a certain extent, mm. but mm. obviously the online piece is where you want to scale. But the online is complicated by the d- device challenge. You've okay. got users starting on mobile and finishing, you know, in different places. So, you know, I would hope to get to the point where the online piece is growing faster than yeah. offline. <laughs> um, and it's not easy. We, we've certainly, you know, we've put resources there um, over the last year or two as well. But it's, it is definitely uh, not an easy solution. Um, we haven't cracked it yet. I don't think a lot of businesses have, um, especially businesses where you have multiple points where the user can end their journey. Yeah. Mm. Um, like it's not like we have an app or you know everything is done on the mobile. It is this cross device and on the phone as well. But the challenge sorry is too is with the phone is that we have a much much higher conversion rate. Yeah. So if you get somebody onto the phone, I'm not going to say what it is now, but we're <laughs> more likely to convert them than not. Yeah. Compared to online, you know, it's uh, significantly lower. But there is a lot of duplication from the point of view of um, when I was in sales, you would get an awful lot of people that done all the searching online, mm. but would want the book mm. speaking to you. You would also, at the same time, get a lot of people that would speak to you, and then get all the information online. from you, and then go and book online. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. They are the challenges, yeah. Yeah. So we want people to research online and book online. <laughs> <laughs> Do both. Yeah. And in fairness, you know, something we definitely as a brand have to get better at and we, we've, we've started at is, is asking the user, you know, what they're not seeing online, what they want to see online, what questions they have about, you know, checking out online. Yeah. And it's not always intuitive, you know, something you take as granted and as obvious is not so obvious. Yeah. Fascinating. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you very much. Really Peter. enjoy that. You're welcome. That's it for this week on the Click and Go Travel Podcast. Thanks to Peter and Stephen. And as always, thank you for listening. Make sure to check out clickandgo.com to find your next holiday. Stephen and I hope you've been enjoying the podcast and the destinations and topics that we've been covering. If you have any questions or suggestions, drop us an email at podcast.clickandgo.com. If you've enjoyed this episode and all our previous episodes, please subscribe, rate or leave a review on Apple Podcasts, share it and spread the word. Next week, we'll have another special episode where Stephen and I will be talking all about holidays and pets with some special guests. So until then, goodbye.